Good morning, my name is Travis Stevens. So glad you guys are here to worship with us today. You may have noticed the flags around the room. This is one of two global outreach Sundays where we hone in and celebrate what God is doing around the world through church planting. So, so glad you're here today. You may have noticed the sweet t-shirts that the worship team was wearing. Good news, church planting. It's awesome. I'm going to give out a few of these today. Uh, I'm going to try not to peg anyone in the face. Um, I was going to get a t-shirt blaster, but I thought that might be a little overkill. So youth group will go here. Oh, sorry. That was a bad toss in the back there. There you go. All right. Awesome. Nice catch, Danny. Awesome. So glad you guys are here. So I want to let you know what's going to be happening over the next week so that you could participate in any way you'd like to. So we have partners around the world that we plant churches with. And so we set up webinars with several of these guys throughout the week. So here's the webinar schedule. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday. We tried to schedule these during normal small group times so that you could participate as a small group or just individually. So on our website, goodnewsloves.com, you can go and click the link. It should be pretty simple to join those conversations where you get to talk directly with our movement leaders in several different countries. So hopefully you'll take advantage of that. That's happening throughout the week. And then next Sunday is number two Global Outreach Sunday, and we have guest speakers at both campuses. So next week here at Wildwood, my friend Drew Bennett, he's uh, the director of the Florida Church Planting Network. So he's going to come. You see the state flag over here, Florida? That's a new one. So we plant churches in Florida. There's such a desperate need for more churches uh, here in St. John's County and throughout our state. And so he's going to be talking about the network what we do, how we do it, and the need, and what areas we're targeting in different cities. So that should be pretty fascinating. Uh, most of what we've done is, inter most of what Good News has done is international, but really the nations are coming to Florida, and so uh, we're trying to be strategic about planning more churches throughout Florida. So that's Drew next week here at this campus, and then our World Golf Village campus, uh, my friend uh, Rick Amos, he's with Eurasia Partners. He has introduced us to uh, movement leaders in Kazakhstan, Belarus, and Hungary. He's going to be at our other campus talking about those partnerships and the churches that we're planting in those countries. So tune in next week, come back, and uh, worship with us, and that'll be a fun time uh, next week to hear from those guys. Uh, also, so today, today we're going to look at a few verses in Matthew, uh, really hone in on what Jesus is trying to say to us, and then we're going to transition and celebrate what God's doing around the world uh, talk about where we're investing this year, where we invested last year in church planting, and hear some updates from around the world. So that's what's happening today. So glad you guys are here. Uh, I would love to pray, but before I do that, uh, we've had a prayer strategy this year, and the strategy has been to take one country a month and pray for the movement leader and pray for that country. So I'm not good at making fancy little things like this, but my friend Holly is, and so we've been making these things once a, once a month and getting those in children's ministry and student ministry, getting them to small group leaders so that we can pray and learn about each of these countries. Um, so, so in January, we prayed for Greece. In February, it was Belarus. In March, it was Italy. This month, Mexico. And next month is going to be Brazil. So as we pray this morning, I want to pray specifically for Jorge, uh, our movement leader in Mexico. So join me in prayer. Father, we give you thanks for the freedom to worship. We realize not everyone has that today. We're thankful we can gather as your body of believers and worship together to sing songs to you, to give, to fellowship, and to hear your word proclaimed. 
Uh, we lift up Jorge Alamon and his wife, his three daughters. I pray for his local church in Monterey. I thank you for their vision to reach the 10 major cities in northern Mexico. I pray that you'd bless their efforts. I pray specifically that you'd raise up more church planters, that you'd pro provide financial resources for current projects, that you'd give wisdom and skills to the church planters to share the gospel in a time of crisis. Lord, I pray that you'd guide them in mentoring, training, and support of the church planting movement. Pray for safety and health. Pray that the Lord would open many hearts to receive the gospel of grace. And lastly, that you would encourage them continually for the task you have given them. God, bless the time today as we look at your word, as we fellowship with your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Matthew chapter 9. If not, you can follow along on the screens. We're going to read a few verses here, starting in verse 35 of Matthew chapter 9. And Jesus was going about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. And seeing the multitudes, he felt compassion for them, because they were distressed and downcast like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Hmm. So you have Jesus doing what he does. Jesus is the star of the story, right? Jesus is teaching in the synagogues. He's proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. He's healing every kind of sickness and disease. So Jesus is on the move, and then what happens? He sees the crowds. I don't know how you guys feel about crowds. You know, we live in a tourist city, so there's lots of people from all over the place. Uh, crowds can sometimes be annoying. But what's Jesus' response? Jesus sees the people, and he feels compassion for them. Compassion often isn't my first response. Uh, when I have an agenda, I'm trying to get from one place to the next, and someone's in my way. And yet Jesus gives such a great example. He has compassion. And why does he have compassion? Do you hear how the people are described? It says, they were distressed and downcast like sheep without a shepherd. So Jesus sees people as they are, and it's not good. <laughs> They're stressed out. They're tired, they're busy, they're focused on the things of this world, and they're wandering aimlessly because they're sheep without a shepherd. So as we think about Jesus, man, his response is so great. So when we look around and we see people, do we see people as they are, hurt, broken, humanity, or are we so focused on our own agenda? So it's in this context, Jesus, the great shepherd, says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Would you say that with me? The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. All right, one more time. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. So let's think about this. It's sort of this passage begs some questions. What is this harvest? What is a worker? What are we supposed to be pleading the Lord for. So we're going to kind of delve in a little bit and look at some of these questions to try to shed light on what Jesus is really getting at. So when you think about harvest, what do you think of? Uh, I asked one of my teenagers, and he said he thinks of a field of corn. 
corn that's ready to be picked. I think of driving through Hastings and seeing acres and acres of cabbage fields or potato fields. So the harvest, so Jesus is using this agricultural example to, to shed light on a greater point. So what harvest is he talking about? What harvest is Jesus talking about? He's talking about the harvest of people, right? Of souls. Because the way God has designed us, he's designed us for eternity. It's pretty interesting when you start to think of this harvest, you start to think of people in this gospel harvest. You see, remember, how did Jesus see people? He saw them broken and needy, because that's really the state we're all in, right? We, we think we can do it on our own, but really we can't. And we're desperately needy of Jesus stepping in to be our great shepherd. And so the Bible really paints a pretty dark picture of our true heart, of how we really are. The Bible says our hearts are desperately wicked. The Bible said we're, says we're dead in our transgressions and sins. So that's the bad news is that we're dead, but Jesus, the good news is he can, bring us, he can make us alive. And so he, can, he wants to be that shepherd that says, hey, come follow me. I have a plan and a purpose for your life. So I don't know if you're here and maybe you're exploring the Christian faith or maybe you've never really heard the bad news or the good news of the gospel, but I really ask you to consider the invitation that Jesus offers you today. Respond to him. Accept the gospel. It's not just for this life. It's for eternity. Eternity is a long, long time. So respond to the gospel today as you think about this harvest, the harvest that is plentiful. So when you think about a harvest, is harvest time easy? You know, you sleep in late, you just get up, go pick the low-hanging fruit. It's easy, right? No. Danny, you know, you pick those cabbages. It's hard work. You're up early. You're out late. The harvest is difficult. So the call that Jesus has for us is not easy. Sometimes people might say, yeah, just follow Jesus and your life will be fine. Everything will be easy. And that's not the case. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says we're going to be persecuted, that we'll have trials and tribulations that will come our way. So the harvest is very, very difficult. It's not easy. So we need to understand what he's calling us to. It's not easy. Think about how much goes in to getting to the harvest. Right? I mean, think about you have to have the right kind of seed and the right kind of soil at the right time of year with the right amount of sunshine, the right amount of water. There's a lot that goes into that. I've tried to grow things in my backyard and have not been very successful. I mean, you grow these tomatoes and insects come or deer come and just eat them. It's pretty disappointing. And so the harvest is difficult, and it's hard to even get to that point. So it's difficult, but there's also a time frame on the harvest, right? If you pick it too early, then what? It's no good, right? You can't actually eat it. And if you pick it too late, it rots and it's no good. And so there's a time frame on the harvest. And it's interesting as we think about what Jesus may have been getting at when thinking about people as the harvest, our days are numbered, right? The Bible talks about our life being but a vapor, a blink of an eye, a breath, just like that. And it's going to happen to all of us. You know, Smiley says that a lot. Like, we're all going to die. Like, shocker. It's going to happen. But are we prepared? And as we think about people, we all have, our days are numbered. And so Jesus is really stressing an urgency, I think, here on the harvest. Let's not wait too long. Let's get about the business that he has for us. Uh, there's another verse. Uh, sometimes, you know, you, you're looking at a passage and the Bible's so great. It's so connected to so many other things. And there's another verse that really stood out in John chapter 4, verse 35. And I want to read that for you. Do you not say 
there are yet four months, and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, that they are white for harvest. So I know you have this saying that, you know, the harvest is in the future. One day I'll get to that. It's not now. Four months. But Jesus is saying, hey, our perspective is oftentimes like this, right? <laughs> our circumstances, we're looking down. He says, hey, look up. See the harvest. Look at the people. They're right in front of you. They're there. And I was curious, what does this mean, white for harvest? Once again, I'm not an agricultural expert, and so I did some research. It says, when a wheat field is ready to be collected, the tips of the plants appear white. The crowd of people in white garments and headwear might have echoed this same imagery. Presumably, the disciples could have turned from Jesus to see the sight of an approaching crowd and would have grasped his meaning. So Jesus, the master teacher, right? There's a bunch of people wearing white garments and white stuff on there. He says, hey, see these people, white for harvest. There's an urgency. So there's a gospel harvest in front of all of us. And he says it's plentiful, right? The harvest is plentiful. What does that mean? Do you know how many people live in our county? 260,000 people. And I don't know if you've noticed license plates from other places, but more people are coming to our county. Shocker, right? In Florida, 21 million people live in our state. And really, the nations are coming to Florida. And that number is growing daily. In the United States, 332 million people live in our country. In the world, 7.8 billion people. The harvest is plentiful, isn't it? <laughs> There's lots of crowds, lots of people everywhere. So students, as you go to school, as you go to your classroom, as you look around the halls, employers, as you see your employees, employees, as you look at your fellow coworkers, as you walk your dog in your neighborhood, the harvest is plentiful. There's people everywhere. And instead of seeing just our own circumstances, our own problems, what if we started to look and see like Jesus calls us to? Look and see the harvest. It's right in front of us. This can be an overwhelming task, right? I mean, what if I said, all right, Brian, you go reach St. John's County. You know, it's all you, buddy. That's we can't, you can't do it on our own, right? It's not an individual task. And that's what I love about this next part where it says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers, right? It's plural, right? It's not, hey, go out and get after it. It's, hey, we're called to be a team of people. We're the body of Christ on the same team, laboring together. Thankfully, it's not only the people of Good News Church, but guess what? There's other believers in our county, and we need to be unified to, to reap the harvest. It's hard work. There's a lot to be done, and we need everyone. And my aim today is not to put a guilt trip on you or make you feel guilty or make you question whether you're a worker or not, but I really want you to think about this. Are you a worker in the gospel harvest? What has the Spirit impressed on your heart to be a worker? What, what is your role in this? I'm not sure what your role is. I think it's something you ought to explore, to pray about, to talk with other believers about, talk with your small group. What is your role in the gospel harvest as a worker in his kingdom? Because the reality is we need everyone. <laughs> We're short-staffed. All right, think about it. You show up, there's acres of a cabbage field. Hey, go pick cabbages for everyone in St. John's County. Impossible. You know, you get a few buddies. Still, it's a lot of hard work. You can't do it. We need everybody in this harvest. 
the harvest is truly plentiful, isn't it? And the workers are few. So the reality is we're not alone. We have the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, who's going to accomplish his mission, right? And we have the body of Christ. Arm in arm, we can link together to reap the harvest. We desperately need one another. And really, that's what we're created for, right? Ephesians 2.10, we're created in Christ Jesus for good works. He's created us to be a worker in his kingdom, and we will get so much joy as we do that. As we're serving other people, we get the most joy, which is awesome. So the verse goes on and talks about, therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest. What What does that mean? To plead, to beg. What is the attitude of someone's heart if they're pleading or begging for something? It's, it's kind of desperation, right? Like, hey, I can't do this. I, I need you. I'm pleading with you. Please, come help. And so we're commanded to pray and plead and beg Jesus, the Lord of the harvest, for more workers. We desperately need more workers. That's one reason our prayer strategy to pray I have these cards with our movement leaders. There's some up here. There's some on the tables as you leave that have pictures and locations of our movement leaders because these are fellow workers in the harvest, and we need to beg and plead Jesus for more and more workers. So what is he calling you to today? How can you be a worker in the harvest? And I love how it's his harvest. I don't know if you caught that at the end. Send out workers into his harvest. You see... We're going to show some statistics and some numbers and some places where we're planting churches, which is amazing, and we ought to celebrate it. But guess what? It's not our harvest. (laughs) It's his harvest. It's all about Jesus building his church, as he said he would, around the world. And we get to be a part of that mission, which is amazing. So a lot of times we have an action step, right? Something we ask you to do and hope you'll do it uh, throughout the week. So I'm going to make it real easy on you today. We're going to apply the message right now. I'm going to invite you to join me as we pray and plead with the Lord to raise up more workers. We need more here. We need more in all the countries that we work in. We need more throughout the world. And so let's do that now. Let's pray and ask the Lord of the harvest to raise up more workers. Father, we plead with you. We we can't do it on our own. We are weak and feeble. Our best efforts are, are like kids' refrigerator art. <laughs> we try so hard, but it doesn't look that good in the end. And you have work that needs to be done, disciples to be made, people to come to faith in Christ. Lord, forgive us for sitting on the sideline. We plead with you to raise up more workers here at Good News Church. I pray that you'd raise up more workers throughout our county, through other churches in town, throughout the state of Florida, throughout the USA, throughout the world, Lord. We think of our partners around the world who need people to partner with them in reaching their community with the gospel. So, Father, we beg you now, raise up workers. And we thank you in advance for what you're going to do. We know you hear our prayers. We know you answer our prayers. And we're excited to see what you're going to do. Because we know your heart for people. God, give us a compassionate heart for others. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And God really has answered our prayers. Uh, in 2005, we had a shift of vision to this whole church planting thing. 
And it's crazy how God has raised up people to partner with us in this church planting mission. So really thankful for fellow workers. And I know these guys. I've become friends with these guys. Um, and they're great people who, you know, they're family guys. They usually pastor their own local church, and they have a vision to reach their country. So they lead church planting movements. They help train people. They help find places to plant churches. They really they handle the money. There's really so much that goes into it. So I wanted to highlight and show you in 2020 uh, what Good News Church was able to do through our partnership uh, in the locations uh, of the churches we were able to start. So, John, if you could throw that up there. So we helped start 15 churches in 2020. Sometimes 2020 gets a bad rap, but the gospel is advancing. People are coming to faith and churches are being planted. Amen. And so 15 new churches were started last year in Greece, Algeria, Mexico, Brazil, Italy, Belarus, India, Kazakhstan, Liberia, and our great state of Florida here through the Florida Church Planting Network. So praise God for that, over $300,000 invested. So it's amazing. So that was last year. And uh, how do we fund this? Well, 13% of all gifts that come in get set aside for church planting. And then some of you are so generous, you give above and beyond that. And those resources get pooled so we can plant extra churches, which is amazing. Uh, and one of those churches is, is in India. And so someone gave a gift sometime the, the last quarter of 2020, and we invested that $10,000 gift in India that builds a building and pays a pastor for a year. Great deal. Um, and so he's, he, he's great about sending updates. And so I have this video that I want to show you uh, of a recent uh, church that we helped start. So this is Ken Tombing in India. Uh, you can see the uh, food is being served here. Uh, this, uh, this girl is having a, a great time. Look at the pork and the beef. And there uh, they're uh, serving rice. Uh, and then uh, uh, there they're serving the uh, porridge, uh, beef porridge. And there they're serving pork. So this is how uh, the villagers are celebrating the new uh, church here at uh, Yangdung village uh, you can see them here it's really uh, a great time for them uh, they praise the Lord they thank the Lord they thank uh, all those who have helped us uh, at um, from uh, uh, from uh, uh, good news uh, church thank you good news church for this, this, this new building, uh, now a lot of new believers are coming here. Uh, we hope that more people will come to this church. Uh, thank you for uh, your support. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for planting uh, Yangdung Presbyterian Church here in the uh, border area of Myanmar and uh, India. Thank you very much and God bless you manifold for your support, for your prayers and for helping us start uh, this uh, new church. So praise God for that, right? It's amazing. How about that bag of rice? Did you see how big that was? That was amazing. Never seen that much rice in one place. And so a building in India is a big deal. And so they established this church building, and their goal is to reach the entire village with the gospel. So amazing. So we've helped start over 25 churches through Ken in India. And he sent me another proposal recently for $20,000 for another village. So if you're interested in helping fund that, let me know. We can put those dollars to work. 
to continue the reaping the harvest. So it's awesome. So Ken's a great guy, a great partner. That's just one example. Um, and I wanted to invite Jason Hamilton to come up here. He's, uh, we have a global outreach team, a team of people. We evaluate proposals. We pray. We seek the Lord on where we're to invest. And so he's going to give us a couple updates that we received recently. Awesome. So thanks, Jason. Good morning. Um, you know, I was just thinking how awesome it is that uh, the king of our hearts is also the king of the world, and he's establishing his kingdom. I can't believe how many people I've talked to that are really down about what's going on right now, and they don't know what to do. They feel helpless and hopeless, and they don't have any vision. <laughs> There's a vision right here, right? His kingdom is happening, so let's get involved. It's a privilege that God is inviting us to be a part of this. So um, I'm going to read a couple of updates here. Uh, one is from Chad. As you know, we uh, recently sponsored uh, a movement in Chad of a few churches. Um, so here's, uh, here's an update there. Uh, the president of Chad uh, has been killed by rebels in a battle on April 17th. Uh, the son of the president was slated to fill in as interim, but we received unofficial word, word, word that he has also been killed, so that's unconfirmed. Uh, so essentially, Chad is under military rule right now, uh, martial law. Uh, the church planters have suspended activities, including a scheduled training next week, and uh, are monitoring the situation. Additionally, uh, Christian Aid Mission uh, has a container of medical supplies en route to Chad, about 5.9 million of uh, value, that was stuck in the Suez Canal, Tabak, almost now in Cameroon, and should ship overland to Chad this week. So uh, uh, they're asking us to pray for peace in the country. Um, for safety and speed, uh, speedy delivery of the medical supplies, uh, and in the future of the church in Chad. Chad's an important uh, gateway into Africa, so to the extent that we can you know, uh, make some inroads there, that's going to be good for Africa as well. Uh, this next one is from Athens, so this is Yotis uh, updating on April 9th. The work of planning new churches is in a new phase. After organizing three of the churches that uh, were founded during the last decade, we are now in the second phase. This means that the churches that have already been planted are now planning their own churches. That's awesome. At the same time, we as a mother church are continuing the work of planting new churches and the, uh, and the prospect that lies ahead, the planning of at least two new churches. Um, moreover, we are intensively dealing with the issue of training new workers for the planning of churches in the southern Balkans. So if, if you know, Yotis has always wanted to kind of had a heart for the Balkans, and now we're, we're, we're trying to get in there. So uh, Yotis coordinated the work of City to City Balkans, and this month we are finishing the first incubator program with the participation of ministers from Greece and the southern Balkans. Yotis is also quite concerned with the prospect of creating a movement through collaboration with various other churches for the planning of churches centered on the gospel in the city of Athens. A prayer request that we have is to be able to soon travel so that we can build relationships and networks with people in the various Balkan countries to promote the vision for church planning. So, you know, once again, with the COVID restrictions, it's been a bit of a, bit of a challenge to reach out and, and have that collaboration. But what's neat about it is there's collaboration happening amongst the different churches. So that is a really cool thing. So if you don't mind, let's, uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just praise your name. Um, hallowed be your name. We ask that you would uh, hallow it in our hearts and in this community and the church, dear Lord, to make it holy in all of the world. Um, and Lord, we ask that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done. And we specifically ask for that prayer right now in Chad as um, there's political unrest. We know that you are putting all the nations under your feet, dear Lord, and that you are in control and that we would ask for there's some relief to be in, uh, in Chad so that they can uh, move forward in the gospel mission. Uh, we would also ask that the supplies uh, arrive uh, securely, dear Lord, and timely for the need there. And also, Lord, that um, the gospel would become 
firmly entrenched in Chad so that it would be a gateway to the, to the rest of Africa. So we just are praying for that. We, we, we pray for um, uh, Greece right now, dear Lord, and Yotis and, and his uh, mission, uh, not only in Athens, Lord, but also in the Balkans. We would ask that, that um, they could connect, establish relationships in the midst, in the midst of this uh, pandemic uh, and that, um, that your will would be done there and you would grow that church there. We pray all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jason. So, yeah, some of the locations where we plant churches, there are varying levels of persecution. So it's vital that we pray for the persecuted brothers and sisters around the world. Uh, there's some crazy stuff that goes down in some places. Um, and how neat, I don't know if you caught that, but the idea of, okay, phase one of planting these churches and now in Athens, these churches are planting churches. So Good News Church, we have grand, we call them granddaughter churches. So it's really amazing when you think of the influence of, it's not just planting one church, but we're partnering with a movement. We're planting a church that has the idea of planting another church. And so the thought of the hundreds of churches that have come as we've partnered is really phenomenal. So really thankful for, uh, for the updates that we do receive. Uh, if you're ever interested in getting updates, we try to update the website. Uh, with different blogs, with different updates. So you can definitely go there uh, to get uh, updates periodically on what's going on in different countries. So that's helpful. Um, so I want to introduce you to some of our movement leaders via a couple slides with some photos. Um, so these are guys that some of them we partnered with for, for you know, 15 years. Uh, some, uh, like this smooth-looking guy in the bottom center, that's David. We met David last year, actually, in my family. We had the opportunity to go to Ireland and hang out, and we spent some time with he and his wife, Honor, and their four kids went for a walk on the beach and talked about the vision to reach uh, Dublin with the gospel. And so that's a new church planner uh, that we're working with. Uh, really amazing what's happening over there. And these guys, these guys are friends who have been uh, partners, you know, fellow workers in the harvest for many years with Good News Church. Uh, the next slide has some more guys from Italy, Mexico, Belarus, and Kazakhstan. And you'll get a chance to interact with some of these guys in the next week if you want to join those Zoom calls. So really thankful for fellow workers in the harvest, uh, guys who are, you know, devoting their lives to the gospel and to church planting. So pray for these guys. Um, so we want to celebrate uh, 2021. It's uh, been a great year for church planting. So I want to show you this slide here. We've planted 15 churches so far this year, invested over $330,000. So praise God for what he's doing through Good News Church around the world. It's amazing. Really neat to see some new countries uh, that we've never invested in before. So Chad is one of those. Uh, Colombia, Ecuador, Hungary, and Ireland are all new countries. So the, the net is spreading and exciting to see the impact uh, in, on different continents. So thank, thank you. You're, you're really a worker in the harvest as you give and pray. You're making this happen. So I want you to really feel a personal connection to this. It's not me making this happen. It's all of us collectively. Remember, workers... It's plural, so thank you for the role that you play in this. It's really amazing. So we do have a strategy. Uh, we can't do everything. We don't have unlimited resources, but we do have a strategy that we use as a team and as a church to decide what kinds of churches we're going to start. And so I wanted to share that with you. Uh, the first is that it's all about the gospel. <laughs> gospel preaching, that's the only message we have, is the gospel. It's not be more like America. It's not try harder. It's the gospel. We desperately need Jesus. He's the answer to the world's problems. He's the answer to the human heart problem. 
And so it's all about the gospel. So the types of churches we plant are about proclaiming the gospel clearly, regularly, in the messages. They're about the gospel. So you can sleep well at night knowing we're not planting like weird cult churches or whatever. It's all about the gospel. Uh, Secondly, national-led. We believe, and that's our strategy. There's other strategies, but hey, we plant Brazilian churches with Brazilians. We plant churches in India with guys who are from India, from the villages. And so that's the strategy we employ. It seems to work pretty well. Um, They know the language. They know the culture and all that. Uh, Also, self-supporting. We don't want these churches to be dependent on Western resources forever, so we have a time frame. It's usually three years, and we say, hey, we're going to partner with you financially until you have time to raise up your own body to where they're tithing and giving. And so that from the start, we're very clear about that. Financially self-supporting is the goal um, for that. So also multiplying, like we heard about in Athens, churches that start churches. And so each church that we plant is not a one-off. They're all connected to a movement. They have accountability. They have resources available. And we've seen a lot of success as this strategy has been used for 16 years. And we've seen a lot of fruit from it. So we're committed to this, and God's really blessed it. So we're very thankful for that. So I'm going to give you some totals. Since 2005, since we sort of started this, um, we have helped start 112 new churches in 28 different countries and invested over $3.4 million to start new churches around the world. So pretty amazing. Praise God for that. It's... uh, It's crazy to even see those numbers, and it's basically just faithfulness year after year, saying, all right, Lord, this is what we feel called to do. We're going to do it year by year, and then those numbers, you know, in 16 years continue to grow, and we're very humbled and blessed uh, as a church. So it's awesome. So thank you for your participation. It's amazing. Thank you for being a worker in the harvest. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. So I'd like to encourage you today to continue to be a worker in the harvest, continue to pray, continue to give, continue to show up and be present and active in the body of Christ. It's so vital. You have a role to play. It's not the same without you. So be a worker in the harvest. Plead. Join me in pleading for more workers. And maybe we can be the answer to our own prayers. Maybe we can be the workers we're praying for. So I really want you to think about that, really spend some time praying and thinking about what role you have to play in the gospel harvest. It's a beautiful gospel harvest right in front of us. We just have to open our eyes and see it and follow Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep. Follow him in making disciples of the nations. Let's pray. Father, we look to you. You are our shepherd, and we follow you. We can't do it on our own. And we desperately need you. I pray that you'd move amongst your people today. I pray that your spirit would challenge us and encourage us and be with us as we walk out these doors and we have a mission, a mission that matters. Uh, Help us to see the harvest. Help us to be workers in your harvest. God, thank you for the body of Christ that we can labor with. I thank you for this opportunity this morning to look at your word and to celebrate what you're doing, how you're building your church. God, we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Travis.